You are listening to Radio Free Space 91.9 WDRT, and this is The Conscious Bro Show. Hello, my name is William Kyle Glenn, and I am your host along with my co-host, hey, Tony Magasset. Good to be here. Just to give you a little introduction, I am an authenticity coach. I help people find their magic and find their way into a life that works better for them, help them realize their true authenticity. I also co-own a cleaning company with my girlfriend called Queen Sheen, and I am also a mindfulness instructor. Awesome. And I'm Tony Mackeset. I'm an emergency physician and wannabe philosopher. <laughs> so I just wanted to do our check-ins. I kind of got away from that, but I'm just going to tell you how I've been feeling lately. I've had this so... Interesting enough, I don't if you guys saw that comment that came in this last month, Neil Wise. Did you mm-hmm. see that? I saw you actually took an amazing picture of that. Oh yeah. Up there. Yep. So I, I follow astrology a lot and I've never in my entire life seen a comment like visible just with the naked <laughs> eye in the sky. Yeah. So I was like, This is a big deal. And I didn't hear that many people talking about it, but I me myself, I'm like, what does this mean? And so I start like you know, I, I was thinking Neo. And, you know, if you look at the Matrix, like, Neo is the one. Mm -hmm. So I did this video of, like, you know, like, we're the one, like, we're the only people, we're the one in our lives, we're the only one that's going to make the difference. Like, we can't be looking externally to other people to make the difference. We got to be the one to make it. So I did this, like, kind of, like, I would like to think inspirational video about it. But I also uh, looked to other astrologers to see what they had to say about it. And they said that usually comets are uh, typically they're thought to be as bad omens. But this one, man, these Facebook things keep going off. Uh, they're typically thought to be bad omens, but I guess this one was a good omen that a lot of them all said because of the color. And it, they said it had to do with like abundance mm. is what they said. And they also, and what I was also reading, it was, it's kind of like time to take like our um, healing and our development and showing up for what we came here to do in our lives, like to the next level. It's time to really show up and, and kind of like participate in life and fully animate our bodies. It's kind of the symbolism that I, that I kind of adhered to it. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm sharing all this with you because like, seriously, like the day, um, the comet got closest to earth. I think it got closest to earth. It was a Wednesday. I can't remember the date. Mm. It was like July 22nd or July something. Yeah. The next day, so I had filled out a lot of these COVID stuff. So, I, you know, granted, this is like money coming from the government, but still, <laughs> you know, the next day, like I had all this money just hit. So it was the, they said the comment had to do with abundance. The very next day, you know, thousands of dollars coming into my bank account from like, you know, like repayment for the lockdown when we got locked down and like lost most of our clients. And then more money. So I just had this, like, I had this immediate experience of all this abundance that came through my life, regardless of the vehicle. It's just, whoa, all of a sudden there's just all this based on programs that a friend, you know, a couple of hidden programs that a friend made known to me. And, um, you know, I got to experience a lot of uh, wealth that I didn't know that we could take advantage of. And it hit me right after the comment that came that had to do with abundance. Mm. And so I've been like really upping my health to the next level. Really, I mean, I'd already been doing that, but you know, there's certain things that I was like, well, you know, I don't probably shouldn't spend money on that. So I've been giving myself the, you know, the, the freedom to kind of, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm going to, I'll, I'll spend a little bit more on the healthy stuff and, and get the copper water bottle and get the, get the supplements that I wasn't going to get before. And, and then there's certain practices that I'm doing like, dipping in the water every day like trying to get into the river every day to cleanse getting more sunlight you know making sure that i'm doing my qigong every day and so i've been really making the effort to again like get my body and 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 take my health seriously and eat really good and so i've I've really stepped it up a notch Mm -hmm. in my own life on that level not that there's obviously there's still you know the everyday complications of life and disputes and whatever but like overall things that that like comet coming in and what they said that it was abundance and stuff that has totally 
like been real for me in my life. I, I can't speak for other people, but I can for me. Like abundance came right when that comment came, just like they said. Mm, yeah. How, how you been doing? Well, just the capturing of the photo was cool. Like I have dabbled in photography for a while and some somebody messaged me on somewhere on one of the social media things and they're like, how long have you been doing photography in the, you know, in the driftless? And I was thinking that this photo, I, this black and white photo I took when I was like probably 16 or something, you know, and it was like, that, that's still one of my favorite photos. It's probably one of my first photos where it was like, you sort of took a photo for the sort of art of it, you know, or like the joy of it versus just to, you know, go, go through the, the idea of capturing uh, family and friends and that sort of the kind of basic stuff. And, um, so years ago and to be able to capture a comet in a photo that like I could just I, myself could just look at and be like, I just, I really like this picture. Not just like from an ego, like, Oh, I'm, I'm so good at taking pictures, but you know, like it's just a good image to sort of take in and behold. Um, so that alone is like, I guess, kind of an abundance thing, you know, like to just have this sort of personal satisfaction of creating to me, this bit, little bit of like art, um, and have it maybe affect a few other people who also viewed it or whatever and enjoyed it kind of thing. Um, but you know, Neo, Neo wise, it's interesting too. Cause like it's, that would also be new wisdom, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's new like, wisdom. The new wisdom. Need a new wisdom. What is the new wisdom for like the dude sort of trying to forge ahead, right? In the way the world is now, which is, you know, we have these expectations put upon us, as, as we've talked about many times, and you know, in part to me, like the new wisdom is the courage to to have a slightly different outlook than we were sort of trained to have, or maybe if not trained, at least sort of grew up to, to have because that's what was all around us. So to take, like you said, you know, the new wisdom and, and have a f just like a few minutes in the morning before I like jump into the news feed and, you know, catching up on texts and emails and, you know, really jumping into the rat race that we are all in a way trying to avoid um, to like just be in the sun for like a minute and take a few really super deep breaths without a lot of like thought and judgments and worry and desire. And to do that, if you can standing in some water, <laughs> like yeah. you said, which sun is and water interesting, are huge, man. Yeah. I mean, about yeah. For health. Well, and I, I mean, I didn't even, you know, we, we hadn't even really shared that that's what we'd actually been doing. And separately, yeah. that was like this, this thing for me recently is exactly what you just said, like stand in the copper outdoor tub, you know, and even though it's just a couple feet of water and be in the hot sun and not have a lot of, you know, the standard thoughts and preoccupations that I've had my whole life for a few minutes before you know i move on and begin the day and it matters the energy that you put in the water have you heard of mm. uh what is it Amoto, dr Amoto? yeah like how he did maybe some people listening are familiar but how he would do these studies with water and people would like put their thoughts of joy like they, they would think joy and feel joy and it would be this miraculous they would look at it under a microscope and it'd be this miraculous symbol mm -hmm. and then they would they would do another one where they would put this like their hate into the water and it would be like this distorted image and mm. they did like thousands of these things and showing how like the water like stores the vibration of the energy that you're putting out yeah really interesting it's stuff. really interesting and i can tell you i had a direct experience kind of you know because we're going to be talking about another stage of this awakening process but kind of to more towards when i was just first waking up or the bliss stage I was doing a sylvan method technique where they literally told me to hold a cup of water and then like imbue, like feel, think really good thoughts and kind of like pray into the water because the water could hold. And at this time, I didn't know if any of this was true. I was just like, well, this sounds cool. I'm going to try it. And I hadn't researched kind of the science behind it, which there is a lot of science behind this. 
Um, so I was doing that. I was like at, at night before I'd go to bed, I would like pray into this water and I would like, and then I put all my good energy into it and then I would drink it and almost maybe not the first couple of times, probably like third or fourth time. And many times after, like every time I would do this, I would just get full body chills. Mm. It was just like, it would just like ramp up the energy. And when I would drink it, it was just like, it just seemed like the energy was amplified and I was like doing a really good thing, even mm. though I didn't completely understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Man. <laughs> so yeah, water, water, sun, um, <clears throat> the emotions and the thoughts that you're thinking during that time. I, I just want to give Tony some credit. He is an amazing photographer. He takes a lot of cool pictures of me too. You make, <laughs> That's me, true, right? you make yeah. me look cool yeah, in you're, pictures. <laughs> you're like a good subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, you know, I guess we're talking about this comment a lot. There's one other cool thing I wanted to talk about, about the comment that I forgot to share. We did this ceremony on the 4th of July, me and some friends. And I, I'd actually talked a little bit about it last time, but mm-hmm. um, I'll, just a brief part. During that ceremony, like I was thinking like, oh, we're going to see some sightings, like maybe some interesting things. Like I thought I was like, we're going to see some UFOs or something up by the uh, the Big Dipper. That's what I thought during that ceremony. I literally thought that and I thought that so much that we were making prayer ties and I made the prayer ties into the image of a Big Dipper. Like I made that into the image of the Big Dipper and thinking like, we're going to see something there. And we didn't see anything there that night, although we did see some cool stuff. And then like two weeks later, this Neowise comes and there's this huge comet that I didn't even know about that was right under the Big Dipper. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I totally feel like my intuition somehow knew that that comet was coming was like directing me to like i don't even know pay homage to it or something mm-hmm. it kind of just it just tripped me out and the fact that you know here's a comet in the sky the first time that in my life that i've ever seen one and the fact that i already somehow intuitively knew that something was going to come there to me just really it, it just it pointed it out as a big moment like a big moment of like wow like there's something happening here like this is kind of like a a time in our lives of, of mass change. And like, it's time to kind of come here and do the thing that we were supposed to do, whatever that is yeah. in our lives. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much turmoil in the world as, as we all know that there has to be the inevitable moments of like nodes of beyond joy, like true awe and like hyper bliss that sort of balance it off. I mean, it, those type of situations exist because everything has to have a sort of equal and opposite balance and all that. So they, those, those sort of moments, those little nodes of joy energy are out there. I feel like, and you know, I mean, this is getting sort of metaphysical, but I mean, I just feel like energetically, like logically as well, there has to be little opportunities for, for these hyper joy type of situations. And, I think that we as a as a nation, like the driftless nation, so to speak, have this unique opportunity to find those little nodes of joy because of the nature of where we live and like this funky community that's kind of coming together. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, as you said, it's it's really an interesting moment to find your your purpose in relation to those sort of like joy finding and your type of life and your people or something to, right? and then do it with you know collaborating with other people mm-hmm. and i that's that's a very unique you know space time kind of moment situation and and we're all potentially in that that type of zone so it, it's it's a it's a cool it's definitely a, a very cool moment this is definitely a node of joy. I, I like how you said that. A node of joy. No. And we like we had this cool event uh, the o- the other day, not this last weekend, but the weekend b- before, where we just we held ceremony, and it wasn't really necessarily about um, the comet or anything. It was yeah. just about like celebrating the earth and rejoicing, and we did this amazing nature dance ceremony, and we had some some of our friends came out and like played gongs and then there's fire spinning and drumming and community and, mm-hmm. and like just appreciation of the earth and appreciation of our friends and community. And it was really awesome. 
and it felt really safe because we were all kind of spread out, right. you know, in this place. So nobody was like really, we weren't like packed oh, yeah. in together. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it felt like, okay, Social well, distance. let's just risk manage, like we're bringing people together, but we're under the, it 50, was outside. It was outside. We're under the 50 people, blah, blah, you know, and it was like, every, everyone was so like ecstatic because we've been deprived of this mm-hmm. kind of social organic random interactions and yeah i mean it was it was a neat it was cool like the really the mission was let's focus on like solutions and right. let's focus on these you know i guess we said it in different ways but essentially like you said you know like these little nodes of hyper joy that are like sprouting up you know out of the earth and if we if we collectively as like a little micro festival harness that energy as a sort of experimental situation like what what would what will come of that you know and it was it was it was unbelievable that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen it was amazing and it's just good to honor what's sacred you know and what's the spirit of everything and the the spirit of the earth and each other and Mm -hmm. i feel like that is something that kind of has slowly seeped out of our society that we kind of lost. Like left it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not completely gone, but you know, right. when they say like kind of lose the magic, like a lot of our ancestors yeah, or whatever, right, right, you right. know, and the ancestors of this land, especially, I mean, they really, they really saw what was sacred and they saw what mm-hmm. was really, what really mattered. So mm. when you come together in community and ceremony, I, I just, it's so, it's just such a breath of fresh air. It's something that we all need to mm. like, you know, like, What's really important, right? You know, right, you, right. Me, the earth, yeah. the trees, the water, the land, the air that right. we breathe. You know, when 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 push comes to shove, what's important? That's the kind of stuff that's important. And like, yeah, that's so interesting, right? And we just sort of, it's because it's been seeped away from us. We don't, you don't really notice, and then until you have it back again, and right. then it's like, whoa, like where? Okay, th- now this is like some ancient even know stuff going missing. on here that we forgot that we were missing or that we needed and to have these, to have like a little micro gathering like that and make it about these core elements of what is maybe perhaps most important to us again for, for, you know, some people have it, but like, if you don't have it to have it back again was amazing. Yeah. And, and straight up, like if you don't have food, if you don't have water, like again, like take that away from somebody what happens mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know if you don't have friends if you don't have family i mean th- those are the things that really matter so it's great it was a just a blessing to come together and honor the magic of all that yeah and and that's that's that was the purpose of it you know boom. it's like that that's like cool like the reason it exists is just to honor the magic so cool so and like to honor the magic a little bit more we're going to go back into our uh, six stages of a spiritual awakening. We haven't, we kind of left this on the table. It's been a few, almost two or three months since we picked this up. But just to give you a recap, we, we've been through three stages thus far. The first stage was, you know, boom, you wake up. Like you kind of just wake up from everyday life and you're like, whoa, you know, this place is, not really what I thought it was. There's a little bit more going on than what meets the eye. Mm. You know, maybe a lot of what I, maybe some or a lot of what I believed is a lie. And what's going on here? This is just, life's more interesting than I've been led to believe, you know, like, uh, and so that, that's the waking up stage. The next stage is the bliss stage where you kind of, you just dive into spirit and you feel all these good, your heart starts to open, you feel all this joy, you get really ungrounded and, and you just kind of splash around in like the rainbow mountaintops, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you could, you could picture like a really ungrounded hippie, just like traveling around, just like a super joyful and ecstatic. But, and you know, a lot of people at this stage might be like, man, that guy might, that guy might be a little crazy. <laughs> you know, people certainly thought I was crazy at that stage. And the third stage after that is you, is the dark night of the soul. So after you have this bliss stage, you kind of just drop sharply and you all a lot of your it's kind of like a brief a brief oversight of what's possible if you keep going down the path basically but eventually eventually you the chickens come home to roost 
you kind of uh, have to a lot of the emotions that have been buried deep down start to come up and you really have to the do the brunt of a lot of healing work at the dark night of the soul and we discussed this a few months ago of our journeys and you know what our experiences and that it's a really tough stage but you really learn a lot about yourself and you and you do a lot of healing work on yourself too during the dark night of soul so that's stage three today we're going to talk about the fourth stage which is called the void four stages of the void this is kind of a i would say a shorter stage um at least it was for me it's kind of like you know so bliss stage you you go through all this stuff with the dark night of the soul and it's super intense and probably got your heart broken probably like lost some stuff had to let some stuff go and tears and just you know you really you really work through a lot of stuff that's been holding you back and when you get to the voice stage it's kind of just like wiping the slime out of your eyes and you're like oh man like what just happened like what man <laughs> i didn't know this was going to be so hard you are listening to the conscious bro show on 919 wdrt radio free space And you're kind of just like coming up for air and you're a little, maybe you feel a little lost and you kind of like don't know what hit you. <laughs> like, And it's kind of like there's this existential question of like, who am I? Like, who am I? Uh, and um, what do I do now? You know, what what is it that I do now? And uh, they it's called the cocoon phase. So it's kind of like you're settling into a cocoon and uh, like the doors of the past, you're kind of in between the, the new life and the old life. And the doors to the old life kind of close off to you, you know, because you had this old life. This is when you kind of start thinking about your old life and what you used to do before you woke up. And you're like, you know, this is kind of hard. Maybe I go back to that. But like all the doors to that old life like slam shut and like there's no going back. And you can't really go forward. You're kind of just stuck in stasis and you like don't really know what to do. It's like a standstill. And I just wanted to read some of the description of the void from Christina Lopes. And by the way, I forgot to mention at the beginning, this this information comes from a video that Christina Lopes, she's also known as the heart, heart alchemist. She mm. released a video. So we're basing these stages off her. Just wanted to throw her a little, little bit of credit. But anyway, I just want to read off some of the descriptions that she talks about the void. Uh, life just stops, basically. You come to a place of no man's land. So basically, the dark night is over. You've purged uh, most of the old stuff. Uh, you're now in between your old life and new life. Your old energy system and your new energy system. Your old self and your new self. And when you're in between these states, that's what's known as the void. The void is a place where a lot of a lot of times we can become really lost. We can feel a lot of anxiety if you, if you don't know that you're going through the void. The spiritual guidance that you're feeling before just completely comes to a stop. You don't feel as connected to God. You can even feel completely disconnected. And a common feeling is uh, like, where's this bliss that I used to feel? Where did all the bliss go? Hmm. Um, during this phase in the dark night, people are trying to claw themselves out of it because they want to go back to the bliss phase. They want to go back to all that bliss and higher connection that they felt in the past. Mm. And you're never really connected to dis disconnected to spirit ever, but you're kind of caught up in that muck and that illusion. And you're trying to of pain and stuff and of your old stuff and you're trying to get out of it. Some people also call this phase the great rest another phase of that and it, when if you know it's the great rest you can kind of relax and just kind of chill at this moment and allow your energy field to kind of come in to balance and just allow yourself to morph out of this cocoon mm. let's see what else we got here because the, the cocooning phase is appearing on purpose so that you may rest and you may basically integrate all the lessons of of this uh, dark night of the soul that you had so, you know, it's basically just a great rest for you. So if you enter this phase, it's it's um, advised to not resist it, to not go kicking and screaming and, and resisting, not trying to force things, not trying to force 
the universe to move at this time because all doors are closing and it's really just a time to just to just relax and integrate and so as far as the time frame of this uh, she says about months or years it probably for me it was almost about a year that I went from this so that's just a, a general gist of what it's like being in that now we can kind of bust into some stories I got two specific ones when I was experiencing this one um, so when I entered the void I was fresh off of like a really rough dark night of the soul that I talked about I traveled around and experienced a lot of poverty and hardship you know just being a hippie going from place to place and I really plunged in majorly to the dark night of the soul when I was um, at my parents house and you know, I had to face up to the reality that I didn't have a job and that I was trying to start a company and nobody nobody wanted to do that or like I couldn't sell anything and then I got my the girl I was seeing broke up with me and then like I was just all the worst things happened. So I'm like going through all this pain and I'm trying to like run back to Phoenix where I lived before and I'm like I'm this is like you're trying to search back to the bliss stage because I'm starting to come out of this dark night I'm starting to feel a little bit better still in pain but now I'm like okay I want to go back to where the spiritual people are I'm gonna go back to Phoenix but luckily I kind of had thought that that might be running luckily I, ha I was working with uh, intuitive life strategist as a coach that was helping me out and she was like Kyle I think that you're there's nothing really there for you anymore I think that you're running the, the, from that to get away from the pain that you're feeling and I just trusted that. And I also tried to move out there and it just wasn't working. There was just closed door after closed door. Like it was not working at all. So I was like, okay. And literally just lo and behold, like a job just appeared for me out of nowhere. Like literally it was like Thanksgiving and my friend, I had my really good friend's brother was at a CVS, saw a friend that like needed somebody to help them at their job immediately called me and like, and literally said, I got a job for you if you want it. And I'm like, didn't even know that I was looking for a job, I don't think. Hmm. And so literally, I'm like, just kind of intrigued at how spontaneous that was. Uh, call the lady and she like, literally like talks to me for like 10 minutes and just gives me this job as an outside sales rep for like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it was a, actually a pretty dang good job. It yeah. was just weird. So it's just hmm. like a, a job handed to me like on a silver platter. And it just was so like synchronistic that mm. I felt that you know, I need to take this. Mm -hmm. This is something I need to take. So I took it. And at this moment, I'm like, I got to get the heck out of my parents' house. Like, I this, this is not, I got to get out of here. So I, I moved to Champaign, or uh, Champaign-Urbana, or Champaign, Illinois. And uh, it's like a twin cities right next to each other. But um, when I was there, again, I was just like, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I didn't like really have, like, I love the town of Champaign, but like, I was, I didn't feel like I was with my tribe. I wasn't mm -hmm. with my people. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there kind of like trying to hang out with, uh, I was like hanging out with types of people. I was going back to people from like my, uh, old life. And I was kind of trying to act like my old life. And I was trying to go back and I was searching for a partner, somebody to date. And it just wasn't working. It was like oil and water. Like I was just getting rejected, rejected. And like, and it just like the universe was saying no to me going back to the things that I did before my spiritual awakening. Let's just put it that way. Mm. And I was trying to party. I was trying to kind of do all these things. And I, it was a lot of frustration and kind of sadness, but like I, it was cause I was definitely fighting it mm -hmm. a lot, but I was kind of, I did not know what to do at that point. I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm making good money. I'm in champagne and I feel like I can't go back to, to, um, I can't go back to Arizona. So like, what the heck do I do? So I'm just going to sit here and, and I was searching desperately for a community and I could not find anything. So I'm, I was just in total stasis, just like, okay, I'm just going to be here. And I think I told this, so that lasted for probably from like February to September ish. October something like that and you know it's not like I don't want to rag on it too much I mean I had there's definitely some memories from that but uh and what busted me out of that is and I told the story another time a friend of mine 
uh, his name's Grant. Like I, I, I reunited with him at this like spiritual conference in Colorado and he just happened to get a job and at youth initiative in Viroqua. <laughs> and he invited me to like some sweat lodges up in Viroqua. And then, you know, I was going to this moon sweat lodge and then I went, you know, for a new moon and for a full moon and I'm meeting, I'm in this beautiful land meeting these people. I'm like, Whoa, I think I might, <laughs> I think I might've found my tribe. Right. And, uh, and then on the very last trip up there, uh, up to Viroqua, um, I got laid off from my job like the day or like a couple of days before. Mm. And they tried to uh, make me move to Chicago to keep the job. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And I like literally found a job in Viroqua without even looking like the next day, mm. found a place to live the day after that without even trying. It just was like thrown onto me. And that's kind of how I busted out of the, the void. Yeah. Wow. How about so, you? So much synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. Well, one story that is interesting and in that it's it, it kind of parallels yours in some ways, at least as far as like the destination is. I was going to take a when I was decided to leave Chicago, I was going to take a job in a academic emergency medicine setting, which is what I had been in in Chicago, and. I was going to fill a position that was vacant because somebody had left and they went to this other opportunity and um, it was pretty much a done deal that I, you know, I'd interviewed and things had gone well and I'm getting ready to move and take on this new role and kind of at the last minute-ish, um, the person I was going to replace came back to this this institution okay cool i i was sort of like feeling that maybe it wasn't really the right path anyways sort of similar to what you were saying like really questioning is this really what i want to do you know for the next phase of my life and um you know everything has its pluses and minuses and the the city would have been a different you know location not here so like you alluded to i just kind of went with it and you know didn't allow my emotions to get in the way too much and just sort of flowed with it and ended up um, coming back home to Viroqua because of that. And I remember this moment of being in the void, I guess now looking back on it relative to your description of that phase and just being in the Kickapoo on this incredible warm day and you know, this had been after a period of living in an urban existence where it was I, I really wasn't in the country anymore that much. And, you know, so these were more rare, special moments then, especially being reacquainted with the flow of water, kind of like what we were even talking about earlier. And just to be in the water and then to be in this really remote location. I think I was, um, I, in fact, I know I was like in this unusually hidden, deep, spot near a, like an ice cave rock formation thing in the in the Kickapoo Valley Reserve and just really no reasonable probability I was going to run into any other humans and you know there's just something where if you're in this from the city most recently when you're alone in the wildernessy type situation the fortitude and courage and just rebuilding of yourself that happens when you are in this kind of like baptismal water situation and having both the sense of of trepidation because it was such a you know it was, everything was just so crazy you know on, on my own personal scale level of thing where going from one job to another from one city and then i'm not going there and oh i'm you know i'm back home in Viroqua. um but the the sense of wonder and awe of being in that water and having all my, you know, past refreshed into this new version of my reality was, I mean, absolutely one of the singularly most important and memorable pivotal moments in my life that during sounds, the void. That sounds awesome. I, I like how the water keeps on making a, a reoccurring theme in, yeah. this, in this episode of the Conscious Bro Show. Yeah. Uh, I I can think of one other time because the, these these stages you know they don't always go just linear like you can 
they kind of bleed into each other and you can dip back into some stages and kind of go back. So, you know, I go, as soon as I get to Viroqua, Viroqua is all about grounding for me, basically ever since I've been here, like literally as soon as I came here, I'm like, I need, this is where I'm going to plant my roots. And that's actually the next stage, the grounded stage. Mm. But so, you know, it's all about, but you know, I kind of got tangled in some webs and I kind of went back into a dark night of the soul uh, and went through some hardships through couple relationships and then uh um and then i busted out of that so like just to kind of describe where i was at i was living i was living in a house uh out in soldiers grove and kind of getting out of this really tough relationship and uh and i had like i was throwing that there's just a lot of people at my house basically (laughs) and i was like working all day and had like all these people at my house and then i was like trying to work all day and then there's people that are partying and I'm there like partying all night and then wake up work all day and there's people everywhere and you know the girl that I was seeing is like still at the house and it's just like a lot of pain and like a lot of and then so finally um finally like that that like she left and all these people left and I kind of and it was a really hard time for me and that was when I was kind of like oh my gosh I'm like free from this now and I'm just kind of again wiping my eyes like what the heck just happened man that was a doozy mm-hmm. it was like such it was like the most fun hardest time of like ever experienced probably I've never ever at another time in my life experienced a, a situation that was like really fun and really really hard at the exact same time because mm. that's what it was so it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was like going through so much pain but I was also having fun it's just so weird mm. to like even talk about that but so the so like you know like kind of everybody leaves and I'm I'm just in this void where I don't really know what to do. Um, and then, you know, I meet I meet somebody else and, and then it was almost like, um, you know, she comes back, and, and like I'm getting ready to move and I don't know what to do because I got I'm trying to get away from, this place and I'm trying to like kind of like like in that relationship, but like, that's where she's living. And I'm like, I was like, do I stay at the house? Do I go? And I can't like get out of the house. And I'm like, so I'm just like, kind of like trapped. Mm. And I I don't really know what to do other than just to sit still. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit in this situation um, at the, at the farm until, until, and then until the lease is up and then I'm just going to leave. So I'm just kind of like in this weird stasis of like, got my ex living there you know Mm. and like it was (laughs) it wasn't very good juju i'm seeing somebody else and like and and i was just putting up with it because i just i didn't know what else to do Mm. nobody had anywhere else to go and um and then again there was people over there that was kind of like turned into a party house so again i'm you know kind of like at a loss for what to do so i just kind of just chilled and then finally we moved out of there and I was like totally free. And then, you know, I got this, got this house in Viroqua and then that was when back into the grounding phase and kind of, and I haven't went back to a really to a dark night of the soul or void since then. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> and that's about when I met you at some point there. Not yeah. That was right there. around. That was right around. <laughs> when... I feel like I'd known you like for 50 lifetimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't really that long ago. Yeah. That's interesting. Dang. Yeah, and you've been on the on the path since then for sure. I can vouch for it. It's oh, pretty thank cool. you, man. So yeah, that I mean that pretty much sums up the void. Do you have any else to say about that? Well, those inflection points really are moments of as we talked about like with Birdo, you know, just having that kind of stoic outlook where you acknowledge that you have emotions and it's not like you repress these emotions but that you 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 need the ability to not let those emotions of anger and fear and trepidation control your behaviors excessively easier said than done but it can be done and like how much better one's life is if you're not already doing this to live a life where you you attempt to control those negative illusory feelings that we have that really have nothing to do with reality exactly. 
and give yourself permission not to necessarily just well that's just how it is and you just allow that these emotions control your situation because that's how so many of us were you know were raised or to yeah. understand the world kind of like what you were saying initially and the void is one of those moments where it becomes really clear the benefit of having a stoic approach to the world totally let's pause for station identification you are listening to the conscious bro show on 91.9 wdrt radio free space welcome back so from here i think we're just going to move right on to the stage five which is the groundedness phase I don't know if we're going to be able to finish it or not, but we can always go back to it. Yeah. But uh, so the groundedness, I kind of was talking about it a little bit before, but you so now you're out of the void and really where now, whereas before, like it's like if you imagine yourself as a tree and the tree is growing up and you're kind of being pulled up by spirit into like higher levels of awareness and some of it's blissful, but some of it's hard. You get to a point where you kind of work through, you know, maybe not all because you're always working through stuff, but you kind of work through most of the really gunky, hard stuff, like the really gnarly stuff. You kind of get past that. And now here at this grounded stage, it's like you're kind of ready to return to reality in a sense. You're ready to return to the real world. You're ready to now dig those roots deep into the ground and really like really get grounded. And ever since my grounding phase is a story basically of me being in Viroqua, me learning how to be grounded. And that was one, actually one of the things that drew me to Viroqua is that I saw that, you know, whereas before when I was living in Seattle and I was living in Phoenix and California and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with all these spiritual crowds, but it seemed like everybody was just like so flighty, so like ungrounded, so like la-di-da. And there was no like substance or action uh, to what they were saying and that the life mm. seemed to be really chaotic and out of control. And when I came, Ooh, the owl. Mm. And when I came to the drift list in Viroqua, I'm like, okay, well there's a lot of, you know, hippie types, whatever you want to call it, spiritual types here, but everyone's grounded, man. People are like farming. People are doing all these cool mm. outdoor activities and right. art. And like, I noticed the grounded level. And then I hear the story about the drift list and I'm like, man, what a great place to, plant my seeds yeah well even the word like driftless like we're drifting about yeah, yeah. on the planes of the you know the ethereal universe and and then when you stop drifting what happens you become driftless in a way and Ooh, that's good it's like your feet are into the ground again so to speak and like you said you know it's not just flighty ideas and interesting concepts but it's tilling the soil or working with the forest to mm -hmm. gain sustenance for your family and your tribe. And it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's pretty noteworthy. Yeah. And like, I, at this point I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, I got all these higher ideals of like what I want to do and who I want to become and the impact that I have on the world. But I, at this time, after going through the bliss stage, after going through all the pain of the dark night of the soul and the void, I'm like, what I'm doing before is not working. Like, if if any of this, if I'm actually going to act the things that I say, if I'm actually going to do this and manifest something in the real world, actually, that's tangible and create it, I'm going to have to get my butt grounded. Like, I'm going to have to actually, like, create things and, like, do them in the world and so at this point, I'm starting to think like, okay, well, you know, that job that I left in corporate America, you know, maybe I, maybe I do need a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe money, maybe you don't just like revolt and like, and rebel against money. Maybe like money, money does serve a purpose. Maybe I can make peace with that and kind of like, mm. and kind of, go, it was kind of like, whereas before I was revolting against the system now i'm kind of like coming back and well like you know i'm gonna do it on my terms now i'm not just gonna like leave it mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah so it's like at this stage you're getting more into your body you're coming back to the real world i guess i and at this point i'm like i guess i do need to take care of myself actually i guess i do need to like 
take care of my body. Yeah. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? That makes sense. I come back to it. You know, and I, I put myself through all these extremes and all these spiritual limits. And, you know, I'm starting to realize, especially with my experience at the farmhouse and my experience in some of these relationships of like the awful positions I put myself because I didn't have any boundaries. So I'm just like, mm. you know, boundaries are important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. I have limits. There's only like so much that I can take. Well, and I think it's a nat, you know, again, not to overgeneralize, but like it's, it's, it's more common for, for dudes, for men to maybe not have the, uh, you know, communicative abilities to, to really describe what your boundaries should be to even know what your boundaries, what you, what you want them or need them to be. So I mean, I don't know. It's cool that you're coming to that where you can actually, actually think about what your boundaries should be and then articulate what those needs are. You know, totally. And that that's all part of the ground in the stage. You're starting to, everything's becoming more tangible. You know what I mean? It, all these flighty concepts, you're more, I guess a good, another good way to put it is like, you're more grown up. You're kind of on your spiritual, at this stage of your spiritual journey, you're kind of more in the adult phase. Yeah. You're kind of grown up now. Like, whereas in the bliss stage, you're kind of like this new teenager you're like this new teenager. Everything's exciting. Everything's new. Like, oh, spirituality. Well, you felt the good, but then you got you, like meleeed with the pain, like you just or waylaid or whatever, with all that pain and suffering. And you got just much more perspective and much more balance. Yeah. Much more stability and security, and you have a more mature, balanced uh, viewpoint on everything. Mm. And like, so at this point, I'm also like now it's I'm getting more disciplined in my daily routine and uh i'm really working on creating my foundation now like my foundation and how how can i like be more abundant and how can i be more secure how can i create this a foundation that keeps me nurtured and uh and how can i create the sustenance to like propel me forward to be able to do my work in the world so it's just that slow building phase of of building your foundation Right. I, I think that one of the elements of groundedness and building a foundation perhaps is like the, the setting of what your mission is, you know, so to speak, like your, your personal mission, mission statement, or I like that the Spanish phrase, cual es tu tema, which I think is basically like, what is your theme? Which I love that, you know, that's, Ooh, nice. I got that. On my, that's like one of the little tag phrases on, on my like website because it it's it's sort of magical and and mystical to, to think about that like what is your your true personal mission of like what what do you want to accomplish in the world and I think when you get to that grounded phase like you said and start to build this foundation like obviously what, whatever you build whatever that foundation is like that should be the core element of what you really want to do in the world and everything else should be built on top of that. Yeah, totally. And at this stage too, like you're, you're really getting more powerful. I would say like a lot of that, the spiritual stuff that you learned, like you're bringing that down now into your body and you're actually acting that in the world. You're actually integrating those lessons and that you learned through all that other stuff. And you're not just all talk. Now you're actually starting to like walk the talk. You're actually starting to be the change here, uh, in the world. And I can think like in my own life, I was really, it, it's really a story of me being in Viroqua and all these different living situations. I'm, I'm basically trying to like solidify my living situations and solidify, like, you know, I kind of noticed at this point that I, have a codependency issue, mm. you know, and I just manifest codependency issues with, you know, with my significant others or with landlords or with friends and kind of like, and so there's just these situations where communication is not clear and, and boundaries aren't clear. And I'm just kind of like learning from this situation, going to another living situation and like, and kind of just approving upon each one that I can and kind of finding out what my needs are and finding out what my comforts are. Mm. Like how, what do I need to like, what, how do I, I'm, I'm really finding out how sensitive I am too. And understanding that like, cause you know, the way that I have it now, I said this on the last or one of the shows, 
that me and my girlfriend have our own separate cabins, but we, they are right next to each other. Yeah. We did that because we realized that that just works better for us, the way that we're functioning, because we, we've been so much and we're sensitive beings and we just need our own space to kind of come back to ourselves mm. after a long day. We just need to be like in our own space. And yeah, we sleep at each other's cabins plenty of times, but like it just helps to have that own space to kind of just that one place of peace. And it took me so long to get there. You know what I mean? To realize that of uh, from this house, to this house, to this house to realize that like when I'm in a space, I need to come home and I need to like be completely relaxed and not be in, and nothing against other people, but just not to be in someone else's energy. Like, you know what I mean? I just need to be fully relaxed because I just have this habit of uh, this kind of codependent habit of mm. always taking care of other people's needs. So I'm just there. And I get, I used to get a lot of gratification out of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, so I, I would just be in there and you know, I could see someone. I've been, I'm attuned. I'm very sensitive to that. I can see someone needs something and I'm always just like, okay, like how can I help them like get their needs met? And then I get some of my needs met by meeting their needs. I feel better about myself, yeah. but to be in that when I'm home, it's almost like I'm working when I'm at home. Oh yeah. So I, I, you know, I, in this grounded phase, I'm kind of realizing that and I'm realizing like, what do I need to like be completely nourished to go out there and, and do the work that I need in the world? Well, I need to have mm -hmm. a home that's truly my home where I can come back and be like, Oh, you know, like relax and, and not have to do that, not have to, you know, fulfill someone else's needs. Yeah. So that's a, a big time, like a big thing that I was realizing at this time. Um, I'm kind of increasing my finances slowly, but surely like making my peace with money, understanding that like, you know, I'm going to be in the world, but not of it. I don't really care that much about money, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a necessity of life. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to just sit here and suffer because because I don't like money. Mm -hmm. And because I have a problem with the government or a problem with the establishment or the system. Like, I'm not just going to be a rebel. And I'm making my peace with, like, you know, I, I have the hardest time with, like, paying parking tickets. And, <laughs> and just dealing with, like, getting, like, insurance or... Just the you know the the paperwork mm -hmm. the, the typical the stuff of, Get, of getting life yeah and just dealing with it like it just like some, yeah. like getting the getting the license plate or getting the your um, the tags on your the stickers on your license plate just all that stuff mm -hmm. you know just such a so much resistance towards that so you're saying like when you come to p you you initially fight it in the early stages. Right. Some people are drawn to that type of that that type of interaction or that that feeling, but then when you allow yourself to just at least have peace with it and not fight with it, you can still have your opinions about all these things and whether they should or shouldn't be. But you're saying to get to a place where you have peace with it and just okay, I'm it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I'm not gonna cause it. I'm not gonna have it cause me angst anymore. Well, you you just you may you become real rational about it. You get real grounded about it, and like, who's this really hurting? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? At the end of the day, like, yeah, it feels good to be a rebel. And I do like trust me, I don't like all that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like yes, yeah. I love doing taxes. Yes, I like love having a license plate and love like being monitored by the government. No, I don't like that stuff. But like at the end of the day, if you don't get that stuff, you run risk of getting pulled over. You, then you're now you're driving in the car and like your like systems like all at angst like mm -hmm. oh god is the is the cop gonna get me and like you know whatever you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and and i i've been that way a lot so it's just kind of like i you i kind of like flipped it around and was like well this is actually like a caring thing to do for myself because i don't like to be like high anxiety and like who who does it affect if i get pulled over and get like fine like 200 bucks like that yeah. only hurts me. Right. So you, I, I guess I just kind of like, you know, the, the trust me, the rebel is still strong within <laughs> me. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I don't like, I'm not hurting, I'm not doing it to hurt myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not like harming myself as a way to like stick it to the system in a way that like really just takes away from my life. Mm -hmm. And like I get penalized and I get fined. Yeah. So there's like kind of a coming to peace to these certain things, even with like the, this last like spur of abundance too. It was just like, you know, you know, I hate doing all that paperwork. I don't like doing it, but I'm like, well, how much do I want? How much do I want to take care of myself? Could you use some of this money? 
were you put out of work for a few months? Did you lose like almost all your clients and, and like you weren't able to teach mindfulness anymore? So I was like, yes, yeah. so, like, why wouldn't you take advantage of this? And I'm like, mm. well, because I just don't want to deal with that stuff. I'm like, that, that just seems like a cop out. Right. So I'm like, just do it, just fill out the paperwork. And then now I got all this money from it. And I'm like, and I have the ability to like nurture and, and take care of myself because of that. Yeah. Um, what else do we got? Oh, and also now I really take my addictions more seriously too. I just get more disciplined with everything I'm doing. I'm like feeling deep in, like I'm learning that, that I escape like how I escape. Like I, I've been, I'm learning that through my, my want to fulfill other people's needs that that's like my way to escape. And I had mm. almost become numb to my own needs. Right. Right. So I'm just seeing of all these places that I numb myself out and I'm seeing how I do this. I take care of other people's needs so much that I don't even know what I need. So I start finding out all these needs that I, that I have. Mm. And I tell my significant other, I tell my friends, I like am very solid with like the things that I need now. And I, I notice all these areas that like the tightness in my chest and the tightness, uh, in my solar plexus. And I really, I start to do some Qigong a lot and really become more sensitive to the feeling aspects mm. in my body. And I, I knew that I was an empath before, but I was really, I was kind of blind to all these ways that I was avoiding, mm. avoiding myself. And uh, the final thing that I'll say is addictions. I stopped doing a lot of addictions and this is just within the last year now that yeah. I'm talking, uh, um, stop drinking, stop smoking marijuana, um, stopped like stopped eating sugar, stopped, uh, eating bread and caffeine and really like really started to like, just take my energy field seriously, even holding my seed. I guess I'll say that too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just anything to like cultivate my, cultivate my essence and cultivate my power and to be, to be more disciplined in that area, to be more grounded in my body, to, to be who I am in the world and to take all that on. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's cool. It's just like a, a, a warrior Jedi path. Yeah, buddy. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's what we're all striving for. I think in some ways where, you're dominant over those things that previously had some degree of control over you. And so you take all of that energy that was going into these counterproductive behaviors and actions and preoccupations and so on and putting it into, you know, the essence of your, of your Christ consciousness, of your, of your soul energy that is your true genuine self your authentic self oh thank you and like what's exciting i can't miss this uh, leave this out what's really exciting about this phase though is finally i say finally finally like that bliss that you started to like feel in the um in the bliss stage now it's finally starting to come to return you're mm -hmm. starting now but at a much more mature sustainable grounded mm -hmm. level you're not just high in the clouds you're actually starting to really appreciate life you're starting to really take care of yourself. You're starting to like a lot of acceptance. You're starting to accept like you don't need to be all these things, like all these things. Like I don't need to save the world. I don't need to like, you know, I still believe I have a purpose and a mission, but like, you know, I'm just more content with what I'm doing and like living simply and, and, and having the impact like that. They, and you start to feel the relief and the peace that comes with that acceptance and it just, it slowly starts to, you just, you give yourself a break, really. Yeah. You know, that there's a break that comes to this. And with that, your power is increasing. And, and now you have a solid foundation set to do the final stage, which we'll talk about later, your life purpose. Now this is when you actually have the battery pack, the foundation to like lift off like Superman and, and really like do what you came here to do. And I, that's pretty much like really where I'm at in my life. Like, right. Kind of like right there at the precipice of getting yeah. into that last stage. Groundedness, the state of being grounded, being driftless allows you to be one with your true passions and find areas where you can master those passions or have mastery in the realm of those passions. And, that gets into then, okay, cool. Let's blend that with mission and purpose. And that's what it's all about. Oh, uh -huh.
this house that we're at right now, uh, uh, Tony's cabin is a staple of a very secure, grounded, beautiful area. So, mm. and Tony's very grounded, uh, male <laughs> figure. <laughs> he is. And so this is, at least trying. We, well, yeah, you are. And like, this is a very grounded, secure spot. I wish you all, you all could see it sometime, but it's very beautiful. And it's, uh, a dream of anybody that, ha that wants to be grounded and, and nurtured. Mm. It's got all the goods. <laughs> mm, thanks, brother. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll be back next time, most likely, with the last stage, which is life purpose and probably some other stuff. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao. You are listening to The Conscious Bro Show on 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space.